0: So Anika, thank you very much for for joining us on on the podcast. I think um, I'm particularly excited to talk to you today uh, because I come a little bit from a healthcare background and I think that um, having worked in that area, uh, I don't definitely have have the experience that you have um, from Mm -hmm. building a business and uh, helping it to grow and uh, even getting an exit in the area of healthcare is is super, super exciting. So um, I would be very interested in the beginning maybe just to give the audience a little bit of like a short summary of of what you do in healthcare, what you have done um, just to help kind of set the scene. And then I think I'll dive into some very interesting questions about uh, the the company that you had within the area of healthcare. Sure. Sounds good. Great. So, um, yeah, if you'd love to give us then just a little bit of background. So, Kind of, I suppose, a short and sweet summary of, of, of who Nika is and what you generally what you generally have worked in in the area of healthcare. So has it been in uh, uh, more HR and like finance, or, or what is kind of your, your specialization, I suppose, within the area of healthcare?
1: Right. So I worked in a in a smaller company for e health or IT for the for the secondary care mostly, and uh, for the last seven years now. And I then held a the role as COO, so responsible for cooperation, operation, for finance, uh, legal, HR, and so on. Basically, all the structure, processes, and so on going in the company. And we sold this company last year. And I also, yeah, which was nice. Um, <laughs> we'll come back to that. How much that was planned and so on. But but it's uh, no, of course, it was a big process in itself, and uh, yeah, it was quite successful. Um, and I come from the IT telecom sector. I worked many years, also in bigger companies. That was one of the reasons why I was asked uh, to, to, to take on this role. Um, and uh, yeah, and as I said, we worked mostly with the hospital sector, and some also bigger private um, companies that were working towards this sector and had a very specialized team, clinicians and technicians within this area.
0: Okay, super. And maybe just to set the scene then, because I'd love to dive in now to, to talk a little bit about um, Mixonar Group and yeah. exactly what you did there um, or what the company did. It was a, a services-based uh, consultancy, is that correct, for, for well, the secondary care?
1: Yeah, it started as a consultancy company and professional services. So, mm. so providing support uh, for installation, uh, kind of secondary line support, um and also um more technical um, yeah installation service but configuration too and so on Mm -hmm. but actually during the journey we started in 2007 so during these years products were also added integrations that was also software not hardware software Mm -hmm. products Mm -hmm. that integrate in different systems with medtech uh, products and to the itis system and feeding into for example quality registers, automating processes that would otherwise have been done uh, by the clinicians or other healthcare personnel.
0: Okay, super. I think we're definitely going to come back to that point about yeah. automation, about the type of products and services that you provided, because I think it's super interesting. But I'll come back to that at the end, like yeah. kind of in the context of the future of uh, of healthcare and digital services that are digital products that are there. Um, but maybe you could describe a little bit, maybe you could give an example of a particular, say, product, for example, that was used uh, in in a particular hospital, just to set the scene, yeah. if that's
1: okay? Yeah. So uh, within we worked uh, during this year with different uh, different products. Uh, one that we had during the whole journey was uh, products related to ICU um, anesthesia, so or pre-op, post-op, so not the actual mm-hmm. theater where you do the surgeries, yeah. but everything that happened before that and after that. Okay. We also worked with EMR systems. Uh, one of the big international players was one of the customers. Um, and also maternity, so EMR records specialized for, for maternity. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had some consultancy also for one uh, provider of radiology services, so um, a platform where you can get a second opinion. It's very interesting, an area which will grow in the future for sure.
0: And that was automated, like, uh, analysis, basically, right? No, it right? wasn't.
1: Or, this one ah, was okay. connecting one radiologist to another one. They might have gone further now. But what I see is that that will absolutely come, what you say. So you would use yeah. an AI uh, type of solution for that in the future, for sure.
0: But even connecting them is already great value, right? Just it to is get exactly. that connection. Yeah.
1: And, and and then the speed here, you know, what you can do and what you actually do, there is a gap here. <laughs> yeah. In all industries. But I would say I've worked in other industries, too, and and and... Um, for good and for bad there's definitely a gap here in healthcare where you yeah mm. what you can do and what 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 you actually have implemented at this point
0: yeah okay mm. fantastic so um you really seem to be on the front line for the last i mean starting over 10 years ago focusing on digitization and small innovations and new digital products uh, introducing yeah. into the Scandinavian healthcare system which i think is Uh, um, one of the highest standards, I suppose, from what I hear uh, within within Europe. But still, it's interesting Mm. that this already started like 10 years ago. So maybe you could you could talk a little bit about how that company grew, uh, what your role was, and how kind of everything led up to the the actual exit that took place last year. Um, And just if you'd like to maybe give a little bit of insights on that journey, it'd be very interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a journey, and you normally like to have this straight line going from a little bit lower to a little bit higher. It seldom turns out that way. So roller during, coaster, right? Yes, it is. It is, and just have that in mind, and you know, see that as the normal. Uh, and during this time, we also adjusted the strategy, strategy. it wasn't you know a straight line just going up. Um, for example, I came in in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. And so at that time, I had already been active for, for, for quite some years. Mm. It was a lot of consultancy services at that time. And from, from my perspective, and as a CEO, there was not so much recurrent, recurring uh, revenue, which is always a something that can make you sleepless if you need to take care about the finances. Of course. Um, so a lot of consultancy based and you know you never know it depends on what's happening in the market if there are money for that and we work with hospitals so so that was also you know they could cut their budgets and then we were we were out with because with you were like digitization
0: stuff. space right so this is sometimes a conservative market and maybe it's like yeah. the first team that gets cut right yeah
1: and it also depends a little bit on you know what what the, what the attitude towards using consultants Uh, is in general and that changes from political situations and other other things so yeah but so that's one so so we tried after then uh, when I came in also to have more recurring uh, revenues and also look at solutions which led us to have you know more long-term agreements with customers Mm. Of course, the products when those started, and we started to get, or the solutions when when we started to to have those, they were uh, license based, and we had um, support fees and so on coming yearly. So so that's a very comfortable situation to work with. But that's also for a small company. That is that that is something that uh, quite quickly becomes um, uh, something that you have to have in order. And yeah. also, what happened? Um, the the team when I came in was a mixture between clinicians and technicians. Um, or both, and that is in this market, I think, something to be credible, to be able to, to communicate with the healthcare organisation. That was one of, I don't think we could not have done it otherwise. There had to be, we had nurses and doctors, and as I said some within that had gone into IT and studied a bit more, that was a normal. There was some coming from the other uh, side too, so to say, But 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 that was the normal. And many so of it's them kind of a folks.
0: perception, sorry to interrupt you, Anika, but it's a perception of trust, right, in terms yeah. of that they understand our language as medical professionals, yeah. they know yeah. what they're talking about, and yeah. they have experience with these innovations or the type of uh, consultancy that you're providing, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and I've seen that, so if I compare it to other industries I've been in too, specifically healthcare, um, to not be able to understand, there's, there's a skepticism, and, and for good mm-hmm. and for bad, I mean, I can't say that's wrong, it's just the way it is maybe particularly among doctors, medical yeah. doctors. It's and, and to 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 be able to be credible there, to not have, I mean, I studied myself during this time. So I took courses in health informatics and anatomy mm. and physiology and so on, just to, to you know to to be able to to talk, do that kind of talk um of course I very, really very it.
0: interesting even even as a COO you were taking uh, basic science within the areas of, of
1: I mean I of, have I know. have an you know I have an interest in it too I've always been interested in health although I have an engineering background or business engineering background but this area interests me and it was one of the reasons why why I was so happy to 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 get this uh, position mm-hmm. uh, because then I, I could bring my IT knowledge but still go into this direction of health so it wasn't only that it was needed, but my interest too. And I think that's a good combination that makes the, the job, you know, higher quality in the end.
0: Yeah. I think you it's really fun. need that passion, right? For yeah. sure. Mm. Yeah.
1: Okay. And
0: and you mentioned in the beginning, would you say that the company pivoted because I've been made a video about this yesterday and I speak a yeah. lot about it, that people enter the market often with a very clear idea of what they think their product will be the initial idea. And then through testing with the market, getting their customers, they kind of realize that, Like you said, you needed more uh, a kind of a continuous cash flow for products and services Mm -hmm. that you're providing, which made sense to go towards software products that you could recommend through licenses, et cetera. So would you say that's a pivot that you made as part of the company or was it more just an additional revenue stream to diversify what you offer right
1: right now, so the so the product was, was additional and and of mm-hmm. course a, a good one uh, but we did keep during the whole journey these um this these professional services which provided a very stable and those grew so we had less consultancy in the end and more revenue coming from that and from from running a company that is that is a, that is a nice mixture um, but, but we did keep the, 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 the core, I would say, during the whole time, although we did make some changes to how we, we how the contracts or how the commercial part uh, was done. So, 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 no, we didn't. I mean, that could happen. I see that uh, that could happen. But actually, we, I would say we grew the core and just then added some around and, and reduced the, the consultancy parts. So we weren't so um, yeah, sensitive to, to those changes in the market.
0: Okay, cool. And you made another very interesting point. So a lot of startups take on advisors. So Mm -hmm. I deal with a lot of med tech and healthcare startups, even digital health startups that have a tech experience, or maybe they don't have the tech experience, but they have an idea within healthcare, but they lack that authority of being a doctor or Mm -hmm. being someone qualified. And they often get advisors as part of their startups. Do you think that that's enough? Because based on what you have Mm -hmm. said, that you actually had like clinical uh, staff and stuff that were actually part of the company and not yeah. just as advisors right so would yeah. you say an advisor is enough or would it be better if a co-founder or an employee is actually like a, a qualified person in that particular healthcare yeah. domain
1: yeah it's, it's an interesting um it's an interesting question it will of course depend a little bit more on your services and, and solutions mm. as, as always but one one way to think of it is what kind of role do you want an advisor to have is it somebody mm. advising the the management team or going with you to the customer meetings, being the kind of uh, one who produ- provides this credibility. Um, for us, what happened is that since we were a mixed team, the team grew very strong because mm-hmm. the discussions we had always had both perspectives. Yeah. So, so when we were discussing, okay, how to do this, how to roll out this pro- uh, product, um we wrote some marketing report we helped with people or uh, companies to enter into the nordic market and then we could sit there and like okay from a clinical perspective this is what it is and from a technical perspective this and from a business perspective you know and that made the team really strong mm-hmm. and also in all i know from the support team we had when there was an you know, discussions about the solutions we developed, then for if, if an intensive care nurse can sit there and say, you know, this is the way we do things. Mm-hmm. And then the technical, OK, OK, then we'll implement it in this way. Th- that is, you know, on a day to day basis, extremely strong and an advisor would probably only be there, you know, shorter. Yep. So, so, so for the team, I, I think this for us, we could not have done it another way. Then yeah. we had some very senior advisors that were connected on a more freelancing basis to the company that we brought in that had uh, like uh, the senior medical doctors mm. and for specific assignment with customers it's just but, but but yeah but the team that the team was really strong in this uh, with this mixed background that I think for us was one of the, the, the you know, not the selling points, but the one that made our company successful in the end.
0: Yeah, probably made everything much faster, right? Because like you said, you had immediate access and feedback from a potential customer, right? So someone yeah, that was a staff exactly. member. And, and it
1: also customer. developed the knowledge within the company. You know, we mm-hmm. were we, we were mm-hmm. a peep, it's a people business, it's the people that make the success in the end. Maybe if you have a pure product company, there could be a few persons who are driving this innovation. But for us, the whole company was, you know, kind of selling itself and, and, and making the success happen. It, it cannot, you know, it's not in one person. Yeah, so I, I suppose I kind crucial. of,
0: sorry to interrupt you, apologies. Yeah. <laughs> but I think um, your, your point is really relevant because it shows again and again, which is something I, I try to, I read a lot and I try to tell the startups is that the idea itself is not necessarily... Uh, what's most valuable when it comes to a yeah. successful company but as yeah. you said now repeatedly it's the team of experts that really understand that topic within the space of healthcare yeah. and they have the technical abilities and they have the business aspects so they kind of have that diversity uh, of the team to really make sure they can deliver something that's going to be maximum value for, for right. your customers right yeah,
1: yeah i know when you say that you said advisor so i answered it in one in one perspective to provide value add or or or, or competence for the, what you actually deliver, mm. but of course, advisors can also come in in many other aspects. And then it might then is not about the whole team anymore. And yeah. um, they brought me in because they saw that okay, you now we're growing now, and we actually mm. need we need to do this, what a lot of founders find extremely worrying. You know, we need to create a structure for this company. It has yeah. to have a proper accounting and legal, commercial. Everything has to be. Um, more or less okay you cut corners when you're a small company you have to but you have to be at least legal you know somewhere okay and and many founders and that is okay uh, but they are more focused maybe on the innovation creativity and it's a little bit hard for most people to work both in the space creativity and structure it goes against how we work on a mind uh, my mind way. Or yeah, the, different sides the of the brain, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they might not be interested either. But as you say, that the, the idea itself will not be enough at a certain point. Hmm. And there are other things that will become or potential obstacles. And one is if you want to grow, then at some point you need to have this structure because the people coming in in the beginning might be the other entrepreneurial people. Who doesn't really need the structure? But at one point, those people will also come in, which you know, HR processes. They, they need some kind of stability. They also need an, a salary to arrive every month and so on. Yeah. And 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 there you. It, and it's not bad that you get other mindsets. It's a balance which makes the successful team. I, I definitely definitely believe that. Um, but at the, and these also the founders might not be the people who want to do this more. Yeah. You know they, which is where they, you came in
0: right As yeah someone external yeah, yeah.
1: That, that was definitely the case for us that was definitely the case and 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 and, and that provided that balance so, so and that is the success in the end to be able to balance and and work on all these both innovations but to, to let the company grow in a stability stable way
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah no it, it's it's uh it's uh, all making sense for sure i think um That stuff can be considered by the people that are creating the innovations to be like boring and not really Mm -hmm. the concern because they're worried about building something, getting customers. But there's a whole infrastructure around really bringing up a company to to an exit or even just building a company that's going to be successful with good revenue. And would you say uh, what would be, in your opinion, kind of the biggest uh, thing that's maybe overlooked by startups that are starting to earn revenue and starting to grow so basically yeah. the um, exoner group before they just took you on would you say it's more about that overall structure would it be more about the cash flow or would it be more about the the team in terms of who to hire and when and how many people yeah. and, and that kind of thing so between team uh, the general structure of a coo that would yeah. be implemented and cash flow what would be the biggest thing that's maybe overlooked or underestimated by startups
1: so so i mean i i mean cash flow is something that really fast can become a problem yeah and we did have the problem um that um some months i you know there wasn't just enough money on the bank account to pay the salaries and that is really uncomfortable yeah you know and then you need to have a really good relation with everyone and it wasn't about the company doing uh badly or okay and that's really important from a finance perspective also to understand that it didn't mm. mean that we weren't doing well yep. it meant that the money were not coming in when it was needed and that is cash flow mm. yeah uh, so we had the we had the customers they were going to pay but we were a small company and some of the uh, customers were public customers maybe with 60 d- days uh, before we received the payment wow okay yeah and that 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 can you know make it or break it. You you can't just. And we didn't have also that's that, that's also two ways to go. We did not have external financing, so we 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 self-financed everything. Uh, that's another important part,
0: right? So you grew organically in that sense.
1: We grew, yeah, exactly. We grew organically, and and that might not be possible if you have a pure product company because of course you need to go through all the processes for for getting a, all the standardization and so on. Yeah. Uh, but for us that 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 was possible, and then we for the products we. Uh, we we developed. We did use financing from one of the Nordic company uh, countries, which were promoting healthcare or e health, uh, digital mm. health products. So was this like a funding. public
0: grant kind of, or sorry, public, was this public funding or a public grant yeah, it was, in some way? Yeah, or? it was
1: a public funding that we were we applied for and and then got part of the development cost um, sponsored or funded by by the country. Oh, great yeah that was, that was good and, and and i mean there's a lot of those initiatives nowadays and i think that's really good um there has been if you go back in history i mean these big companies were the one who provided product and i don't think that is true anymore and i don't mm. necessarily think that they always find the best products solutions yeah and and i see now i mean it has changed now during the last say 20 years that you have much more of this know hackathons and 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 um, kind of test labs we were involved in a project for the university hospital of Uppsala, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and and there to look at their new patient rooms and and our role in this project was to bring together the industry and and the hospital to create kind of a a test bed or or an area where where you can just discuss innovation
0: like a think tank or something right yeah a
1: think tank yeah and and this actually in this especially the healthcare is something that hasn't there hasn't been those forums mm-hmm. those those um, you know you have to, they're very strict with public procurements and so on and this is yeah. necessarily not so good for innovation
0: mm-hmm.
1: and because of the much faster development now with you know and also the agile working way which I think promotes innovation in many ways you need to be able to meet and and work out solutions together in a a more pragmatic and, and, you know, easy going way than through public procurement. That won't Mm -hmm. work, that comes later. So I think those initiatives are are, are really good, vital for providing, you know, good health for the people in general.
0: Yeah, Hmm. absolutely. But it sounds like uh, from your perspective, it was a serious advantage not to have like venture capital investment with the added pressure of, having to push for an exit and having to basically report to someone else right because they're yeah. giving you money in exchange for yeah. a portion of a company so it's it's also very impressive i must say and, and well done in being able to basically bootstrap and to build a successful company uh, of course when you joined in 2013 they were, they were operating for some years but yeah. to build it up to the point and, and to help it to grow uh, without that external funding is um, is yeah. extremely impressive i think it's um it shows you that not everyone is suitable or has to go that route of getting venture yeah. capital, right?
1: No, no, yeah. for sure, for sure, and it, and it is. I mean, but I, but also, I mean, we have, as I said, there. There, it wasn't that always. E- it wasn't easy. Yeah, and, and the roller coaster, someone, right? <laughs> it, it is, it is, and 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 also they're coming to this. Um, some of the points with that. So choosing to, I mean, we we could for sure have gone for external financing. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but it's a bit of the mindset of the of the, the majority owners or founders what they mm-hmm. how they want to do it mm-hmm. and as you came into that, that that yeah it's a little bit about who's going to decide about things and you know where you want to go yeah. of course it's control
0: to, right to, in the end really yeah,
1: it is yeah. it is.
0: Yeah, and, and do, do you know whether whether actually offers initially? Sorry to interrupt you. I'm very curious. So was yeah, there whether okay. offers whether offers from venture capitalists that were like turned down, mm-hmm. or did um, they did the company actually maybe even try to apply and just to see? what the contract would look like and yeah. what the exchange would be or was it really just like no we're just going to go in our own direction and push- yeah
1: we we were approached several times so there were some yeah processes not so much from venture capitalists but from companies who wanted to buy us so other ah, okay yeah that's interesting and so so that and there, there were a few during the the, the years i was there yeah. and it wasn't a um it wasn't something you know we are going to sell the company there, there were the the i cannot uh, you know i don't i wasn't one of the founders but i i did not yeah. hear that in the conversation this
0: wasn't like the value of the company that look like, we want to grow to this big yeah. so we can then get acquired right this wasn't and i think the that
1: if you have that idea you don't I mean, obviously in the beginning, and since it is not so easy always to have a startup company or a smaller company, you need to be driven by passion and, you know, really believing in what you do, at least in the beginning. Um, so it's, I think it, it's hard to start and thinking we're going to sell it. Like, yeah. I'm not sure that that actually produces at least the best um, companies in the end.
0: I think you've probably seen that in pitch decks, you know, when people say, yeah, this is our five to 10 year plan. And then by the Mm -hmm. end of year seven, we want to be acquired and have an exit. And Mm -hmm. I kind of sit there, you know, when I see very early stage startups presenting this in healthcare I'm kind of thinking, oh, like you're already planning an exit. Like, I understand this is one nice way to play the game. But yeah. it, there's a very small number of companies that, first of all, get venture capital that help yeah. them to grow big enough. And secondly, yeah. there's a very few companies that actually really exit, right? So right. Um, yeah. I think it's better to, like you said, to focus on the passion. Like, why are you yeah. doing this? Why do you care? Yeah. And, and that's going to be really driving uh, the product development and the sales and the revenue, right?
1: Yeah. And, and anything you do with that much passion, you probably do quite well, too. Yeah. Um,
0: Best potential yeah. for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe you could talk a little bit about just uh, shortly, uh, if you don't mind. So you said that there were several offers by companies basically to, to acquire you, yeah. uh, to acquire the company, Exoner Group. And what made the decision in the end after about, you know, having worked with the company for about six years and then last year deciding... Uh, with the co-founders of course I'm sure in the whole company mm-hmm. this is the best next move for 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 the for the actual company so what made it what was in the lead up to this particular exit that took place yeah. last year
1: i think I think uh, se- se- several factors um uh, I mean yeah just say at, at one point you come to this you know you you we had we had grown it it was stable I mean, I remember one of the last discussions we were still sitting there and there were opinions kind of yeah. oh, Sure, we want to do this yeah you know? because i mean it it's was-
0: 12 years right that they were operating basically yeah, and
1: yeah. it was yeah. a pretty
0: successful company and yeah. yeah
1: yeah but of course it's a lot of a lot of responsibility yeah. for, for and i mean it's easier to work in a bigger company when it comes to that mm. when it comes to the the, the the financing part the support function like You know, having an HR department handling these processes, recruiting, being easier, bigger companies. Scale potentially as well,
0: I suppose. Potential
1: sales. Also, what you fight with a bit when you're a smaller company, especially in this uh, sector, too, is that the credibility. So coming and saying we are this company, which has 10,000 employees. Will also provide all the ISO certifications and every, you know, the credibility and you can go into all public procurement, you have the resources to do that a yeah. lot of things around it. it's
0: next level when it comes to medical care and healthcare, care right yeah. you have to have such a big infrastructure behind you not yeah. just like you said the you as a COO joining in 2013 and getting the house in order making sure you had a cash flow but then yeah. getting to that next level when it comes yeah. to certification everything it's uh yeah you need to have a larger corporation behind you I suppose exactly
1: right? and I think I think they both I mean they both saw that that um a little bit less responsibility for the day-to-day all the employees and so on, but also going in, getting more muscle, so to say, to deliver on a on a bigger scale, um that that finally led to that decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. But against it was that okay the loss of control having to report having to go into a system with much more rigid processes for everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also something else that i would like to 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 mention which i underestimated i mean i was obviously in this process very early um some of the employees were not but we couldn't because it was a due diligence phase it was all confidential yep um, and, and the reaction from some employees were not too positive yeah. and I understand that because they had chosen and, and, and that is also important when we recruited we were really really we made some recruitments where in the end it didn't work out but, but and this is crucial to spend time on recruiting to find a person who actually liked to work in that kind of environment. It was a Nordic company for us so we were over several countries we worked a lot like people do nowadays over, okay. over online tools because we didn't see, meet up so much. And the independence and, and the competence we were asking for, that process, we, we spent more and more time to actually try to recruit the right kind of people. Mm. And they are not necessarily the ones who are happy going into big organization. And that was a bit painful. And I felt yes. that too, you know, the, 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 to, to be a bit responsible. We had taken the decision, we're going to do this. But finally, also going into it, we realized, you know, how many people kind of, but I don't want this. I don't want to go into yeah. big company.
0: It's sometimes scary, is... right? The uncertainty of what will mm-hmm. happen, what their role would be, and and they've joined and you've hired them uh, yeah. based on your own due diligence with them to make yeah. sure that their values match your values. Yeah. And they're probably worried that that will change, right? When For
1: sure. I spent so much more time than I hadn't thought of in the beginning mm-hmm. You know the integration project was really a change project. I, I, I as I said, I underestimated. I had not gone through that before. But I spent a lot of time sitting with employees, just or or, or colleagues. I like yeah. the yeah, sitting with them. You know, just discussing and 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 it's uh it was a process of change. And for yeah. some people, it worked out really well. And 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 you you know have to know during that kind of change processes also uh, there will be changes in the in the organization you have. That's, yeah, uh, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No,
0: but I mean it's still um it's a it's a it's a huge success story of course for other people that are looking to enter the healthcare market i think yeah. in particular that it was done without this external funding with some really mm-hmm. nice public funding which is uh, really great that yeah. you know um they recognized their weaknesses in terms of having the organizational strengths that you have to yeah. help to manage from a coo perspective everything and then um i have one question if you don't want me asking how long was the process of the exit so from when there was initial contact if you can discuss it of course i'm just curious like does it take place over like a year? or Is it like several years? Because I'm sure it's a it's a big deal, right? It's yeah, not going to be something quick. For
1: sure. I mean, for, for us, um, again, there it's like big meetings small. At least it was in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 normally, we as a smaller company, of course, uh, it's much easier to adjust the processes to whatever uh, is happening. But for big companies, they have they have to go through a lot of uh, approvals on different level of the company, and this obviously goes quite high. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm thinking, I'm thinking at the same time, how long time, I think a year before we were there.
0: That's kind of what I hear even about VC investments as well. Again, you make first contact and again, they do all the paperwork and check you out and do everything Mm -hmm. it can take up to a year, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. OK, yeah. great. Well, look, thank you so much for, for sharing that stuff with the exit. It's, it's super interesting. And um, I would have like one or two quick questions just to kind of uh, finish up towards the end. Maybe have another another few minutes because yeah. uh, I do really appreciate your time, but I don't want to take up too much of it. Um, yeah. could you talk a little bit about working with hospitals? So this is actually the biggest question that I get from startups, which yeah. is like we have a cool idea. We have a, a really nice product that delivers value, but we don't mm-hmm. know how to approach uh, the hospital and we don't know how to get in the door uh, and then yeah. maybe we don't know what they want what do they do they need a prototype uh, are they looking for cheap pricing like yeah who should i talk to because sometimes yeah. it's the procurement person within the hospital mm-hmm. and not the surgeon necessarily that mm-hmm. you need to talk to and maybe you could just yeah give a few points on your experience uh through exoner group working with hospitals and any maybe advice or tips that you might give to people
1: right so I mean again it would obviously depend a little bit what, what you're actually selling. Sure. If it is the IT department more, if it's a med tech product, it would go directly into a care process, so in the in the clinical process and so on. But but in general, I would say um, the to find the person who's actually gonna use the product mm-hmm. uh, or solution, uh, what it is, is the absolute best way. Um, now speaking about hospitals, it can be a private hospital or a public, um, or, or um, so run by the government in the country, or, or or a privately run hospital. Right. And in the Nordics, the whole system is financed by taxes, so it's uh, right. the public healthcare. It's so very similar are, to Germany,
0: then, yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly, similar to here. And and that, of course, puts some restrictions on how you are allowed to contact, depending on where in the procurement process you are. When the public procurement starts to run, then it's extremely restricted and you have to be very Mm. careful because you can get thrown out of that.
0: There has to be like a a comparison between other offers from different companies and stuff like that for the procurement, right? It can't just be that company A contacts hospital A and then they make a deal, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, you can't do that. It's just so trying to find, sorry. No, take your time. You need
0: some water. No problem. Yeah, I need some water. Yeah, take your time.
1: Okay,
0: I'm I'm constantly (laughs) hydrating. It's very, very important.
1: And and what I think, what is the optimal way to do it? If it's possible, that's the optimal way to do it is if there is one of these think tanks or kind of a a more relaxed way to approach the hospital or in an early phase. that, of course, will depend on your contacts you have. But hopefully, as I said before, what we saw is that it's crucial then to have, we had contacts, we have people coming from recruit, we recruited from the IT hospital or, or the med tech side of, of the hospital.
0: That's a pretty uh, smart move, actually. Yeah. So you already yeah. have the people working for you that have the network, right?
1: So, so, a lot of connections, and it mm-hmm. might not always be possible. I see that, but 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 that is still it's, it's extremely valuable. And we were also active in more local organizations like the MedTech organization, the local HIMs organization, and the Nordics, and so on. Um, and that then provided contact to then to then um for 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 getting meetings with the right people
0: great so it's a kind of an indirect route uh in a kind of more public and open setting rather than let's have a meeting with this person from the hospital who has very little time and try to convince them as a kind of a sales pitch you can engage with them with interesting questions and whatnot right and
1: i mean i said that would be that's optimal but sometimes it is also you know a bit of cold calling and and just trying to get the Meeting them at conferences and so on, that, that is normally a little bit easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or showing your, if you have a product, to be able to show it to demo and so on, that that, that is also something I would really recommend.
0: Yeah, because I suppose like in terms of what, what, what would make a hospital say yes to yeah. hiring you, whether it's a, it's your example of the company you worked for. So whether it's services or a software in terms of yeah. digitization, uh, I suppose what, what would make them really tick? Is it like showing them the potential savings? Is it the yeah. value that's going to be created for the hospital staff? Mm-hmm. Or is it, uh, because often I feel that people want to add value, for example, on the surgeon end for yeah. a tool for a surgeon, mm-hmm. but actually the value... Well, for the decision maker is more yeah, like reducing costs yeah. and making things safer etc yeah, so for maybe sure. you could talk about what what makes it depends
1: too- who you talk to for sure yeah. that's uh that's yeah and some product will have more uh, financial impact and uh, yeah. which some people will not care about at all yeah. um so so, so it's, it depends and you would have to maybe have through your four messages depending on who's sitting on the other side of the table. Um, I mean, re- really important if you want to sell something in the care processes and, and dealing directly with clinicians, On uh, it has to be, I mean, it, patient safety. That's just the, the first yes. priority that has to be- Certification, way, all that stuff. Yeah, standards. And, and since things are moving so fast now, I think that's an area too that will not, it will have more and more importance. And it's the, that's right, it should be, it should have that focus. Then it's about everyone's kind of personal view. And that's what you what you actually said now, you know, mm. what do I get from this? So the clinicians, the nurses and so on, how does it help me from a day-to-day basis? What is made better in my daily life by this? And that would be, have to be focused on then. And then there's the finance or the procurement that's sitting with different kind of targets about how to save so much, you know, OPEX or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. So it kind of depends on who is the real decision maker within that process. Yeah. Probably you need the the person that's going to use it. So the medical personnel that might use the IT or the hardware that you're developing. Yeah. Uh, you might need also approval from another person that's not the procurement yeah. officer, but mm-hmm. actually in charge of managing several people that yeah. will be involved mm-hmm. with the tool. And so you kind of have to satisfy three or four different layers. Yeah. Guess, and
1: right? this is, of course, it sounds like a lot and it can be for, for a yeah. startup, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I hear here's also, I mean, there's so many good advisors or mentor networks and so on now to kind of give you feedback uh, on, on how to actually look at this. I was just in a hackathon recently now as a mentor. And and I mean, the, the, the technical guys are really good. I cannot do what they do. Yeah. But, but just to get the other view that, OK, so you're going to present this, who is your, you know, who are you going to meet and, and what will they be interested in? That, that is more the other side of it and, yeah. and there i think it's really valuable to to bring in you know people that you can that can you, you can coach you in this or or just to make you see this whole, whole spectrum of of uh, or, or perspectives um to yeah to do that well
0: No, that's a really good point. I mean, I've seen that uh, hackathons are a great example of that because, of course, hackathons are mainly about doing, right? They're about building something just Mm -hmm. to show. And then Mm -hmm. the next steps is where you fill in the gaps of the missing personnel to to build the team, et cetera. But I think one of the biggest, the best examples I've seen from healthcare startups are either people that have done the proper design thinking process of Mm -hmm. not starting with an idea but going into a surgery room or in a hospital watching what happens and then figuring Mm -hmm. out what a big problem is and then building the solution or people that actually have as part of their co-founders a surgeon or a dentist or something else because they have that expertise and they understand that as a a surgeon or as a medical doctor Mm -hmm. I know that if I want to use this product then this this and this has to happen and each of those different layers of different people have different needs and I think like you said going back to the original point you made having those members in your team are probably like the biggest factor for moving forward and what right? you
1: mentioned now too is also a thought of another aspect of, of approaching hospital of mm. course to if you have a product or or need it solutions to have had at least one hospital piloting it or, or yeah. looking into it because that reference will be extremely important the way mm. we work with that is that we already had contacts through our existing uh, customers so that's a bit different but since these hospital don't compete with each other we were happy to kind of hey can you speak to your colleague in Norway because they are using this and you know we're completely open just call them check what they say about it Mm -hmm. and and then see if this could be interesting for you
0: that's fascinating because, I mean, that would never happen in the corporate world where you yeah, no. ask Siemens to go call uh, Philips and just recommend us. Right. But I suppose, yeah, in healthcare the the purpose is to to work together, to collaborate and to yeah. to build better services and products for for patients. So that's very yeah. interesting. I like it because it's kind of a call to action that it incentivizes the startup to deliver something of value to the customer or the the pilot person. And then you just ask them, Hey, look, if you enjoyed our product, could you maybe please recommend us to one other person? I really like it. That's a really good suggestion.
1: And it's, I mean, extremely valuable, right? And it works, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, For okay episode. cool so i have one one final question so i worked mm-hmm. a little bit in in healthcare not not so much in hospitals but mm-hmm. in terms of the innovation space uh with kind of i suppose care for elderly people living at home yeah. etc uh, i made a, an attempt within a startup to work on augmented reality to support dementia okay. patients which was way ahead in terms of the technology mm-hmm. readiness and the problem didn't really match the solution either but mm-hmm. when i was in that space I spoke to a few people about what is the latest innovation that's on the market, you know, for for healthcare, for elderly people. And, you know, they talked about these bracelets where you you tap the bracelet uh, when someone falls down, it's like a pendant. And then it calls the the police, the ambulance, and then the fire brigade. They come to help you. And And I had heard that this, at at the time in 2006, 2007, or sorry, 2016, 2017, it still wasn't automatic. So it didn't have a valid product that when you fell over, it would automatically detect, okay, this person has fallen over. And, you know, please call the ambulance. Mm -hmm. So this is my example of what I've seen in terms of the level of digitization, because I think in healthcare, there's often a discussion about AI blockchain, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, really high tech stuff that I think are on the market. But I think I'd Mm -hmm. love to hear your opinion of what really takes place in in hospitals. So I think there's a disposition here or a gap between what people think actually goes on, and then yeah. what is like, the actual yeah. maybe needs uh, of a hospital, you know, yeah. or healthcare in general.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, as I said, I had not been specialized, only working towards the this sector before that. Yeah. So when I came in, I I compared to other industries. I've been a little bit in 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 in, in telecom, banking, transportation. Um. Yeah. And and so and and what I saw was that hey but there are products for this why don't you implement them that was kind of the feeling I had in the beginning kind of frustration come on there's so many good things to do you know there are IT systems in some of the Nordic countries and I'm sure this is the same everywhere it takes them minutes just to start up the system or to log in it's 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 crazy and if you start to understand the history you understand why it is like that but there's so many, there's so much room for improvement, and health as a health provider, you can provide so much better service that you kind of, you know, you get frustrating when you see that. But um, but there are several factors here. One is, um, as I said, if you have. If you're not a private hospital where you have, and private hospitals do have other things, but might not have the financing to do things, but there's still a bit of more flexibility to say, okay, now we're gonna have an EMR system, top-notch, let's do it. Um, in, 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 in a big hospital that is in the public healthcare system, that might not be possible. You need to go through the public procurement. There are so many people involved on so many levels that need to say yes, it takes time. So there's nowhere we are where we could be if you look at what is available in terms of ai and 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 just it you know solutions that could be implemented integration platforms integration is a big discussion especially when you've come to using some systems how do you use them across the country how do you how do you know if a person is uh, has vaccinations um, have allergies if you go into an ER, how do I find out if this person is unconscious? How do I find out if they're allergic to some of the anesthesia that we want to use? And, and there are solutions for that. Uh, it's not so it's not hard even, but they just haven't come where, where where those are available. And it has a lot to do with the whole structures, you know, every, you know, the public procurement, everything it has to go through to get. To, yeah. I'm 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 seeing, though, that it's, it's getting, uh, you know, we're, we're getting there. But I think this this uh, time it takes will always have to be there because you're dealing with so many people and big organizations. And in, a, in addition to that, there's something else with this industry which is a bit special. And I'm not saying this either to criticize, but, but there's just the fact that in hospital organizations, the doctors, medical doctors, clinical personnel have a very strong role. So even in IT, if a medical doctor comes and says, no, 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 I'm not sure about the patient's safety or about our care processes, it's kind of a no-go. That does not happen in all other industries. You get convinced by other things, or the CEO comes in and say, no, but I want to do this. Um, there are some other industries which have the same kind of uh, characteristics as here, but that is very strong in hospitals.
0: So, so back to your point about you know, patient care and safety being like a number number one yeah concern, and it, right? it
1: should be i'm not against yeah, that of
0: course but of course there are
1: some other aspect of this where it might not be so rational there might be a medical doctor who's maybe not used to using um, a computer uh, maybe does not want to use structured data when they write the journals they've never done that before they've been fine for the last 30 years they don't know what this new system actually will do to their daily life and it's just no i don't want to And that is a generation change by and it has to do with just general the approach to it to ai you know that that what do you think about it is it good or bad and and right now what i've seen is that there is a kind of general resistance it cannot be so good it slows down it's too much administration we just have to do more we want to focus on the patients and it's sometimes true as i told you the starting up of a system taking 2 minutes is not okay Crazy. but it's not so much about the it you know there could be better solutions mm. yeah
0: no that's a really interesting answer i mean i think that also potentially limits other applications that would be built on top of those it systems so the integration of like ai if the computer is mm-hmm. taking 2 minutes to turn on maybe you can, it doesn't have the processing speed to be able to adapt yeah. to this other technology on top yeah. but I think it just goes back to your point to have doctors or or proper medical staff on your team to be able to communicate effectively the value of this particular software or innovation. And then also to obviously have as much conversations, or as many conversations with those particular customers as possible, right?
1: And and something which is happening now also, which is, of course, it's new, right? It takes time, this, that the hospital environment are also building up a little bit more knowledge and competence in their own organizations. So suddenly you you sit there talking to both a nurse or doctor and IT, a health informatic um, person from their organization who can kind of mitigate this discussion too and say, you know, yeah, but this will work in this way, and this is something that has involved and, and probably they will have an AI team somewhere in the be- in, in the future too. So, so so it's 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 we're in new territory and it hasn't been mixed before. And 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 just I think the attitude will change. The, the younger doctors will come in and say, yeah, but hey, you know this could be done. Dictation is a very good example. I think we worked with one big uh, provider in the Nordics, and dictation just sitting talking instead and letting an AI system write your journal in a in a good way. I mean, that's fantastic. And if you have experienced that as a doctor, you suddenly go, yeah, well, I'm not going to do without this one. But, but it's, it's a process to, to get to that point where you actually see it as this yeah. can help me.
0: Yeah. But what I really see in what you've just said is so many low hanging fruit for opportunities mm-hmm. in terms of I'm a big fan of simple innovation. And I yeah. think like what you said, like yeah. dictation software, which has mm-hmm. AI, I mean, that probably already exists in another yeah. area. Maybe mm-hmm. lawyers use it yeah. because yeah. they dictate something and then they, they either get an intern to do it or they get an yeah. AI to do it. So I think uh, what you've shown there is that there's, there's definitely room for the, the push and innovation for AI, blockchain, for other high-tech products and services and hardware. But there's also a lot of low-hanging fruit that people could begin to tackle uh, yeah. by approaching hospitals in the right way and really understanding where they're at and where the next step might be for them, right?
1: Right, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And I'm very in that to to. I'm, I'm very much, and I think that is happening more and more now, to provide these forums or a platform mm. for healthcare personnel to meet up with the industry or the they would probably call it the industry you know there's something also there in the dynamics mm. being a private company and being uh, maybe a not a private hospital but a, but a governmental hospital that there is a little bit of skepticism in there they're only there to make money you know there is a general attitude like that and that you know we can't talk to them they just want to sell their products to us so so try to meet on a more you know how can we make this better and everyone has the benefit in the end It, it will be about selling you know you have to make the balance sheet or the profit and loss you know it has to work as a company but but still to find those places where you can meet and discuss and find the best solutions
0: yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's 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 uh, taking the human perspective, probably, right? Because yeah. you do want to sell, but ultimately you have to deliver value to the, the patient. And uh, yeah. I think that opinion of public uh, hospitals or public organizations also has to be respected, that you can't just bull your way in there and say, yeah. hey, we got an amazing innovation, why don't you want it? Uh, that expectation needs to be reduced and you need to yeah. really empathize and understand the perspective of a public health healthcare system, which just takes time, that has other constraints, that has huge demands Mm. and pressure, um, and you need to be the solution, not part of the problem, right? In terms of how you approach them. Yeah, Yeah,
1: and also have respect for the fact that they are dealing with people's lives. I mean, they're medtech products, you know, you can't put just anything in the body without having gone through a, a strict process. And how to balance this, to handle it, to, to be innovative, but at the same time, do it in a safe way, that, 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 um, that, that is vital to also in the end be successful. So, so I do have a lot of respect that they, they are reluctant for good reasons sometimes.
0: Yeah, of yeah. course. Absolutely. Well, Anika, thank you very much. I think uh, particularly the last couple of 10 minutes or so have been super interesting talking about that, how to work with hospitals and uh, that, that digital gap that might exist. So thank you so much for sharing all of your insights uh, from, from your vast experience. So I really, really appreciate it. I think it's going to be uh, deliver amazing value for, for all of the audience in any future. Great. Uh, entrepreneurs in that space so maybe you would just like to share the best way that people can get in contact with you uh, i think you mentioned maybe linkedin would probably be the, yeah. the most yeah linkedin right? for me
1: is good yeah
0: okay fantastic great yeah. so i'll make sure to pop your your linkedin uh, profile link uh, in the description and of course we'll be sharing this on youtube and on linkedin everywhere else as well but but thank you very very much uh, i really appreciate your time and uh, i wish you the very best of luck with everything that you're going to do in the future in healthcare
1: thank you the very best to you too